once again good morning to all of you and welcome in the house of the Lord. When I taught last week, I think it was, I had something I wanted to mention to you from uh, Revelation chapter 10 and verse 7. Revelation chapter 10, verse 7, you know, uh, there were seven angels sounding seven trumpets. Up to the sixth trumpet, there was a pause, there was a break there, which is mentioned in Revelation chapter 10, verse 7. But in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished as he declared to his servant the prophet. There is a pause there between the sixth and the seventh trumpet. Because of the fulfillment, I want to say because of the full fulfillment of Everything the prophet have said, everything they've said, would be fulfilled after the seventh trumpet. And it is called a mystery. A mystery. What is that mystery? What was it? Unclear? Okay, I'm repeating. In Revelation chapter 10, verse 7, after the sixth trumpet, angel had sounded the sixth trumpet, there was a pause, a break, before the last trumpet, which is the seventh. And the reason for that is given to us in verse 7 of chapter 10. It says this. In the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished as he declared to his servant, the prophet. The question is, what is that mystery that would be fulfilled at the sounding of the seventh trumpet? Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord 
and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. That's the mystery. Count down, count down to the end of everything, to the consummation of everything. That process is irreversible. There have been a lot of prophecy about the government of Jesus being on his shoulder. The dominion on the shoulder of Jesus Christ. But from now on, that mystery is now fulfilled. It is irreversible. Jesus Christ has all authority. He will defeat all the enemies of God. Starting with uh, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of all harlots. We looked at last Sunday. The Antichrist, the false prophet, all the unbelieving rebellious, death and Hades, all of them are defeated. Only Christ's reign will stay forever. That is the mystery. Before then, you find the expression, he was given to him, even to the Antichrist. He was given to him a time to overcome even the saints. There is something in the Bible called the time of the Gentiles. They will trample on Jerusalem, they will do whatever, until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. All those things will come to an end. Because the perfect government and administration divine will come into play. The mystery spoken of by all the prophets will be fulfilled. Lord, we bless you as we come to look in the word of God, to learn of you, to be strengthened in the blessed hope of your coming. We pray that, Lord, you guide us by your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. So, today we continue a study, a study of Revelation 21 and 22. A study of the book of Revelation chapter 21 and chapter 22. I gave a subtitle to that, The Worst and the Best. You can add, are yet to come. The worst for the rebellious, the wicked, the worst is yet to come. And for the redeemed, the best is yet to come. Today we are looking at the last two chapters of the book of Revelation. The reason for this is that we've seen the seven letters. And now we're looking at chapter 19 to 22. Why? Because we can always work back 
and fill the gap from, for all the rest of the chapters in between the Antichrist, the false prophet, etc., by addressing these four last uh, chapters. So today we are looking at the last two chapters of the book of Revelation, which describe the end of the current order of things and the introduction of a new order of things by the creator of all things. These scriptures show that the worst is yet to come for the unbelieving rebellious who reject God's salvation and that the best is yet to come for the believer who accepts God's salvation through the sole merit of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. I thought you would say amen to that. It's not a sad news. It's a good prospect. Don't be sad. The best is yet to come. You know, it reminds me uh, again, uh, Charles Spurgeon, who was talking about these things. He looked at the congregation and he said to them, when we talk about these things, let your face shine like the sun in its full strength. But when we talk about hell, your natural face will do. We're talking about Christ coming, the blessed hope. We need to see that on your faces. Because at the end, the spirit and the bride say, Come! I'm not here to announce a funeral news here. I'm talking about the coming of the King of Kings. Do you remember that young man, the story I told you the other day? It was a Christmas service somewhere and the pastor was talking about the coming of Jesus Christ. And the young man was so sad and the pastor approached him after the service and said, why were you so sad? We're talking about Christ coming. He said, I thought you meant now. He's coming now because tomorrow is Boxing Day. When a young man approached the pastor and said, can the Lord wait until I get married because he's scheduled already? <sighs> Nothing is more beautiful than going. I tell these people that I love you so much, my wife, my children, it's, I love you so much, but I love Christ more. When he comes, he comes. We go. Those who are not in him will stay here. And I look forward to that every day. Aren't you tired with this word? The bride and the spirit say, Come! He himself said, Behold, I come quickly. The space and the sequence of events are not necessarily linear in terms of whether 
the event occur during the millennium or during the eternal state in the new heaven and new earth. In fact, there seems to be a difference between the new heaven and the new earth as described in Isaiah 65, verse 17 to 25, and Isaiah 66, 22 to 24, which mention the presence of the corpse of men who have transgressed against the Lord. In Isaiah 65, 17 to 25, Isaiah 66, 22 to 24, mentions the presence of the corpse, corpses, of those who have transgressed the law of the Lord. But he still talk about new heaven and new earth. That doesn't seem to be the revelation new earth and new heaven. That seems to be a different reality. Uh, maybe the millennium. Because in the new heaven and new earth... Nothing that defiles will enter there. So, those can't possibly be the same. That's a different matter. Let's leave it there. The book of Revelation closes with a promise that the Lord Jesus is coming quickly and a blessing. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all Amen. That's how the book closes. The promise and the blessing sustain the blessed hope for every redeemed within the bride, the church, the body of Christ as we respond. Amen. Even so, come, Lord. That is the message from the Holy Spirit. Que celui qui a des oreilles entende ce que l'Esprit dit aux églises. Let he who has an ear hear what the Spirit says to the church. What is, what is the Spirit saying? Come, come, come. The Spirit and the bride together. Come, come, come. But the Lord... Jesus Christ desired so much for the promise for the Holy Spirit to come to sustain his body and the Spirit has been here sustaining the body but now it's the same Spirit who is now crying come this time with the body the spirit has done the work. The body is ready. Come. Mission accomplished. Come now. Hear what the spirit says to the churches. We're not here for jokes. I've said that so many times. You waste your time. Make sure that you've made peace with God. Make sure that you are a new creation with evidence that old things have passed away 
old things have become new. John the Baptist said, show by your deed that your life has changed indeed. There has to be a change. Doesn't the Bible say you will see again the difference between those who serve God and those who don't? There has to be a change. It cannot be business as usual. Just as Genesis is the book of the beginning, so Revelation is the book of the consummation of all things. Subjects that were introduced in the first book in Genesis are now brought to fruition, to consummation in the last book, Revelation. For instance, in Genesis, creation of heaven, we have the creation of heavens and earth. In Revelation, destruction of heaven and earth. And creation of new heavens and earth. In Genesis, you have the starts of Satan reigns, dominion. Gosh, this Bible now needs replacement. It's falling apart itself. In Revelation, Satan is cast into the lake of fire. Genesis, entrance of sin in the world. Revelation, sin is banished. Genesis curse pronounced on creation, revelation curse removed. Right to tree of life forfeited in Genesis, access to tree of life restored in revelation. Entrance of death in the world in Genesis, death forever removed in revelation. Marriage of the first Adam in Genesis, marriage of the last Adam in revelation. Sorrow comes into to mankind in Genesis. Sorrow eliminated in Revelation. The book of Revelation is uh, action-packed with thunders, plagues, heat, and death as a consequence of God's judgment. But the same book closes peacefully with a promise and a blessing for those who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus and await him eagerly. Unlike chapter 19, Revelation 21 is not the next sequence of events. Do you remember the introduction of Revelation 19? Do you remember what it was? After these things. It was a logical Sequencing, if I may put it like that, after these things. And we explain at length what that meant after these things. But here, it's not a logical sequencing of events. No, it says now. Now. It's a new order of things, completely disconnected to what has been before. God is making things new. It's the introduction of a new order of things. Former things have passed away. No continuation. No connection. In Revelation 21, verse 5, we read, 
Behold, I make all things new. Former things passed away, all things new. So you see, the new heaven and the new earth is a new integrated reality. But who will live there? New creation created in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. See that? So new creation will be able to enter in the new earth and new heaven and live there. But you must be born again in order to enter there. You have to be created, not just in Adam, but in Christ. Question. Is the new heaven and new earth the same thing as the new Jerusalem? Well, I must confess that uh, uh, sometimes I use them interchangeably, sometimes. But... uh, Uh, a careful, more careful uh, scrutiny, (laughs) examination of the text shows that uh, although they are all new, they're not necessarily necessarily the same. (laughs) I won't be dogmatic on that, but it looks like uh, the new Jerusalem will be part of the new heaven and new earth. They are not necessarily interchangeable. Why am I saying that? Okay. Revelation chapter 21. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. That John seeing that reality is there. Then straight after in verse 2. Then. That suggests after what is saw. Is so. Then. I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down. You see, the new heaven and new earth is there. Then the new Jerusalem is coming down in exceedingly, excessive, unfathomable, indescribable beauty is coming. It looks to me as though the new Jerusalem, it looks to me that is the capital of the new earth and new heaven. You know, when when we speak about Jerusalem, the eternal city, we're not just talking about the physical. And by the way, why Jerusalem? The only name of a city that will be remembered in eternity, Jerusalem. The eternal city of God. I can even speculate it. He looks to me like the new Jerusalem will come exactly at the same place. Why am I saying that? Do you remember in Act 1.11? When Jesus Christ was ascending and the disciples were gazing, gazing, gazing. I was struggling with that name and I asked my boy who was about three years old, four years old, I said, what is gazing? He said to me, it's like when you're looking at the wife you love. I said, oh, that's great, gazing. They were gazing and seeing Jesus ascending to heaven. 
two angels came and said to them, Why are you standing there and looking like that? The same Jesus you see going will come back in the like manner as you see him going. And then Zechariah 14 verse 1 to 5 say his feet will be on Mount of Olives. There will be a split and his feet will be, which suggests to me that on the same place from where he went, he will come. I begin to speculate that he looks like there will be a divine transformation and that that Jerusalem heavenly may come exactly at the same place. Could be. Not dogmatic about that. Search yourself. Before we move forward, a quick background reading. Very quick one. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 to 15. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 to 15. Because this is fundamental. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was no found and there was found no place for them. Verse 12, And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works, by the things which were written in their books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, the de- and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged each one according to his work. Verse 14. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You see, death and Hades were both cast in hell. This speaks of the wholeness of a human being. Body, soul, spirit, everything is cast in the Gehenna, the lake of fire, also called hell. Death speaks of the physical things. It's from there. Hades, the place of the soul and all the immaterial stuff, all is from there. So it's not just a, a spiritual body that will go to hell, nor it is just the spiritual body that will go to heaven or enter the new earth and the new heaven. No. It is a transformed, a glorified body that overcomes incorruptibility. Corruptibility. That becomes incorruptible, I meant. It is a transformed body that uh, is clothed with immortality. Your same body, changed, covered in immortality, incorruptibility, not just your spirit. 
You see, that's where there is heresy, where some people uh, teach that Jesus Christ was only raised uh, uh, spiritually. That's not true. Jesus Christ, when he ascended to heaven after resurrection, was in a glorified body, but he could eat. Do you understand that? He could eat. He said, give me food. But he could pass through walls. That's a glorified body. That's the same body that ascended to heaven. It wasn't spiritual. Only. Well, there is a confusion as to what it means by spiritual body. I think that's where the confusion is. Don't we say that person is spiritual, that one is carnal? When we say someone is spiritual, does that mean he's a ghost? Why should we apply a different concept when he came to the end time? No, it will be glorified body with the same identity. Or else... How is God going to reward us individually? I said uh, last week that uh, I was considering the second death as being another expression for second resurrection. That does not mean that I ignore that the wicked will come back to life. The wicked will come back to life. It's taught in the Bible. Sorry. I'm a bit confused. I nearly say we come back to death. They're not coming back to life. They're coming back to death. It's finished for them. There's no possibility to change again. In Acts 24 verse 12, it says both the, weak, the just and the unjust will come back. Daniel teaches the same. Both the wicked and the just will come back, but some unto eternal, everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. So they will come back, both of them. But the wicked will come back unto death, and we will come back unto life. Remember what I said to you? In Revelation, I think it was 20, verse, verse 4, and they live. The fulfillment of the resurrection program. Finished. No more resurrection. After the millennium, after a thousand years, the wicked will rise and stand before the, jud- the great white throne for judgment. Finished. Now, in Revelation 20, 11 to 15, the unbelieving rebellious humans are judged with death and Hades. 
Now they are cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Have you noticed the word anyone? Anyone. It's a very important word. Anyone not found written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. Now, however nice you look yourself, however righteous you think you are, however sophisticated you think you are, however good you think you are, there's only one criterion. To be thrown in hell or not is having your name written in the Lamb's book of life. One, do not play with these things. Well, you may feel, oh, maybe gay, you know, he's standing there doing a drum. Well, that's the last thing I want to do when I'm talking about these things. Oh, no, gee, maybe you dare to scare people. If I can achieve that, praise the Lord. Well, I can't make you feel good all the time. In particular, if you're rejecting Christ, you can't be sitting there and be praising you how good you are, you know, how merciful. We know God is merciful. We know God is love. But he's righteous and holy. Righteous judge. The judgment is coming. Not my word. The person who wrote this thing said, these are true. The Holy Spirit of the living God testifies that these things are true. They will happen. And we are here to remind the people of God to pay attention and to live accordingly. Because God is coming. Now, you who is sitting here today, I have respect for you. But you have to make peace of God before it's too late. Guess what? You know, sometimes when uh, I feel like drinking tea, and uh, you know, in our house we are a minority. Men are minority. We're only three. And we have uh, four ladies. Four ladies, yes. Needless to tell you, the number and variation of tea bags we have in our kitchen. It's phenomenal. So sometimes I don't know. I take one, I say, is this PG? And they come, they say, no, that's rooibos. And sometimes I say to them, can you make tea? They say, which one? I say, the one that will allow me to live forever. Because that's what people believe now. It's tea keeps you young, young. You will never die because of tea. One day, people will speak about you and I in the past. Someone say, there is an appointment that no one wishes, but which everybody keeps strictly. Death. It is appointed unto man to die once. After this, the judgment. 
you can play, your beauty cannot save you, your cleverness, your sophistication, your money, your knowledge, your background, your network, your riches, nothing can save you. Only the blood of Jesus Christ. Hell is real. Well, then you get people say, yes, hell is real, but then you will spend a long time in it, and then you will be annihilated, and then you will vanish. There's no such thing like that. The Bible says forever and ever, day and night. Now, suppose the annihilation was right. Would you still go to that place because you'd be annihilated? That makes sense to me. But the Bible said they will be tormented day and night. Unquenched fire. Total separation from God. Do you remember the story of Lazarus and the wicked rich? Do you remember what it said? If you can only dip your finger, a drop of water, a drop of water. Oh, he had rejected the fountain of living water, Jesus Christ. Now he's asking for a drop of water. He wasn't physical water because he was in the Hades. His physical body wasn't there. He was the water of life which Jesus offers freely to those who believe in him. Do not play with life. Make peace with God before it's too late. Your tradition will not save you. Religion will send more people to hell than atheism. Remember, mystery Babylon the Great. Billions of people, remember, Babylon the Great was selling, was in the business of selling people's souls. Remember that passage? Religion will send more people to hell. Make sure that you have a personal relationship with God. Your wife, your children, your husband won't save you. Okay. Second reading, Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 to 14. Revelation 21, 1-14. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them, and be their God. Verse 4. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. 
7. He who overcomes shall inherit the all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, or dogs, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in a lake which burn with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Verse 9. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plague came to me and, and, and talked with me, saying, Come and I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. The other one. Good. That's the beauty of jasper. That's the beauty of jasper. Very beautiful, precious stone. The walls of the foundation will be made of pure jasper. Verse 11. Having the glory of God, her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. 12. Also she had a great and high wall, with twelve gates and twelve angels and at, at the gates and the names written on them which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel not Belgium, not France, not British twelve tribes of the children of Israel verse 13 three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, three gates on the west verse 14 now the wall of the city had twelve foundations and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Okay, verse 14. Then you have uh, from verse 19, the foundation of the world of the city were adorned with all kind of precious stone, etc. That's the next, the other one. You see those beautiful, so look at the beauty, the second one, first row on the top. That's sapphire. So that will be the beauty of the new Jerusalem. That will be the beauty of the new Jerusalem. You see, there is a, a, a parallel between those stones with the precious stones that were on the high priest uh, breastplates, you know, uh, representing the 12 tribe of Israel. Except the three I have highlighted there. Sardonyx, Chrysolite, Chrysopras. So those three are not directly listed on the list of the precious stones that will be on the priestly garment. I don't know why. I can't explain. It's unbelievable. The foundation of the wall of the city were adorned with all kind of precious stone. Stones. That's the new Jerusalem. 
That's the thing we're looking forward to. Uh, a brother who was committed to to the late Queen Elizabeth uh, private house uh, once told a story. He said that there was uh, one Sunday when the Queen was uh, at her, the private chapel and uh, they were worshipping and the Queen was kneeling down. And the brother said, I realize that Christ is the King of Kings. The Kings will bring their glory on that day. And every tongue will confess that Christ is the Lord. We are blessed because we're doing it already now. And when we are in his presence and we look back and we realize that we have been worshiping God without seeing him in his fullness by faith, Blessed are those who believe without seeing that what we're doing. What would happen when then we see him? Hallelujah. Revelation 21 from verse, five, from verse 4 to 5. There will be no more pain for the former things will pass away. Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth, the prostitutes, took undeservedly and duly the place of the bride of Christ and posed as the true bride of Christ and persecuted the genuine, the real bride of Christ. Just like Hagar and Sarah. Just like Ishmael and Isaac. Babylon the greatest persecuted. They are full of the blood of the saints. Posing as the only reality. The representative of Christ. But she's full of spiritual fornication. The Bible calls her the mother of harlots and of the abomination of this earth. But she's posing as the bride of Christ, deceiving people and sending billions to hell. In contrast, the rightful bride, the Lamb's wife, the body of Christ, the church which he purchased with his own blood, is now called the New Jerusalem. It comes down in its perfect state and called the Holy City. Mystery. You are both the material and the tools is a great mystery. 
in the building up of the temple of God, the dwelling place of God. So you are at the same time the material, living stones, but at the same time you are the tools God is using. Mystery. Bless the name of the Lord. One day it will be revealed. Please, wake up. I'm the one doing the hard job here. Wake up. Listen. I'm going to finish in a few minutes. But please listen. You see, the reason why I insist on the contrast between Babylon the Great and the New Jerusalem, remember what I told you, on one hand you have Zion upon which Jerusalem was built, on the other hand you have Chaldea upon which Babylon is built. The New Jerusalem comes down out of heaven, most likely Babylon comes down out right from the pit. You know, when the Lord said, I will build my church and the gate of the Hades, the Lord did not invent that, that expression. It's in the Old Testament. The gate of the Sheol. It's a reality. Well, we've been studying the city uh, Nimrod built in Genesis uh, 11? 11, around chapter 10. Okay. You see, those cities Kalna, Nineveh, um, Babel, and the, the worst of all, Akkad. Those cities were gates for entrance into underworld. Those cities had different gates for entering in the underworld. Demonically used and possessed people used those places to go in the underworld. And a demon was using those places to come and go. When the Lord say the gate of the Hades will not prevail, it's not inventing a new doctrine. It's a reality. And those are the cities Nimrod built. I was saying that. We pay too much attention to Babel. Babel is only a tip of the iceberg. But what is down is higher than the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel is built, was built on a demonic foundation. The church is built on the foundation of the prophet and the apostle Jesus Christ be the chief cornerstone. That's the contrast between New Jerusalem and Babylon the Great. But Babylon the Great will be made desolate. Jerusalem will be made to shine and will stand eternally. In verse 12 to 13 we notice the this is not important. We can pass this. We can paraphrase that. You notice the uh, occurrences of the number 12. A lot of 12s there. A lot of 12. Um, 12 doors, 12 angels, 12 tribes, 12 foundations, 12 names, 12 apostles, 12 
thousand furlongs. 144 cubits, that's 12 times 12. 12 pearls. What does that speak about? It speaks of the perfection of God's government and administration. We are now in the eternal state of things. God himself is ruling perfectly. No injustice, no sin, no pain, no such things. Perfection. We notice a perfect service from his servant, perfect communion and fellowship with God, perfect resemblance and identification to Christ, perfect blessedness, and perfect glory. Not just the glory that comes and goes. Perfect and permanent eternal glory. Question. How are we preparing ourselves for the coming of the Lord Jesus? Because the Bible says, He who has this hope in him purifies himself. Love not the world. You want to be enmity to God? Love the world. You can't serve the two. It's not possible. Okay. Last reading then. 22. Revelation 22, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its streets and on either side of the river was the tree of life which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit. Every month the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servant shall serve him. Verse 4, they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no, no night there. They need no lamp, no light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Verse 6, then he said to me, these words are faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophet sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Blessed he who keeps the word of the, of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Verse 9. Then he said to me, See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the word of this book, worship God. Verse 10. And he said to me, Do not seal the word of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at end. Verse 11. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. Verse 12. And behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. 
verse 13. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandment, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gate into the city. Verse 15. But outside are the dogs, are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters. And whoever loves and practice lie, 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star, verse 17. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirst come. Whoever desires, let whoever desires, let not just a few, let him take the word of life freely. For I testify to everyone who hears the word of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plague that are written in this book. 19. And if anyone takes away from the word of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, be with, with you. So, uh, the Lord is coming. He's coming with rewards to give to each one of us according to our work. Are you serving the Lord? How and what are you going to be rewarded for? Who will greet you in heaven when you get to heaven? Have you brought anyone to Christ? Who will greet you in heaven? Are you serving the Lord? Or are you using your life for yourself with all sorts of excuses? Serve the Lord while there is still time for the night to come where no one will be able to serve. There will be crown. Crowns will be given. Incorruptible crown or victor's crown. There will be crown of life or martyr's crown for those who died for Christ. Crown of glory given to elders. I look forward to that. Praise the Lord. Crown of righteousness for those who love the appearing of the Lord. A crown of rejoicing for those who win souls for Christ. Different crown. Some will shine like stars. Those who will have taught righteousness to many will shine on that day like stars. Are you teaching righteousness to people? Please, pray for us. Pray for us. Don't make it hard for us. I am imperfect. I am so weak. Pray. I'm teaching you about the devil here. I am online. They think I'm saying I'm online. But I have to tell you fearlessly. I'm on duty to tell you these things. To pull you from fire. To pull you from worldliness. Don't just look at uh, the insignificant gee, bad English, no, not educated, not sophisticated. Forget that for sometimes. Look at what I'm talking about here. Forget my mistake. He won't save you. Forget my imperfection. He's done this, he's like that. Yes, all that. But amen to this. Please.
Blessed he who keeps the word of this prophecy. And blessed are those who do his commandments. Jesus Christ reminds us that he is the promised Messiah. The offspring of David. That is therefore a purpose. Israel will be saved in a spectacular way. Israel is not the church, but Israel will be saved. He presents on one side as the bright and morning star and here the offspring of David. For a reason, Israel will be saved. Don't give in to the media propaganda. Our love for Israel and Jerusalem is not because the Israel are the most beautiful. It's a commandment. It's automatic for every believer. Pray for peace in Jerusalem. God will bless the nations who bless Israel. And the people who bless Israel. Jesus, the offspring of David. A reminder in the very last book. The church has replaced Israel. That's a lie. It's not true. Fake. Wait until you start hearing the God of Abraham, the God of Ishmael, and the God of Jacob, or something else. Remember where you heard that first. Jesus is the promised Messiah, the hope and the consolation of Israel is coming back for the church and also for Israel. Christ desired that they have said that already. In our weariness and slumber and earthly mindedness, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness and points us to the coming of the Lord. We can say with him, come Lord. The Holy Spirit is our comforter in this journey. As we also await from heaven the blessed appearing of our blessed Redeemer and Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Amen, even so come, Lord. Notice that in this context, amen comes before. In prayer, usually we say amen at the end. But here, in 22 verse, verse 20b, amen, even so come the Lord. The amen introduces a prayer to say, in truth, verily, Lord, we mean it. We mean it. Come now. We mean it. That's what it says. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceedingly joy to God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. We're going to close with a very short song. Mm-hmm.